0: Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for Garage Guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garageguys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to-go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders, $30 or more. And use promo code garageguys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress
1: about Promo code Garage Guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine-in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the
0: Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast, Roval recap, and new bets for Las Vegas. The South Point 400 has returned. Going back to the intermediates, we're gonna dive into some of these odds that are out right now on DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, uh, you name it, we got it. We're gonna talk all about it. Uh, lots of news that has been dropping throughout the week, and I'm just I'm ready. I'm excited about this one. I am Dale Dale Tanhart's joining us as always. Uh, I'm Chase Holden. Dale, uh, how how has your weekend been? How was betting? How is life uh, in in the world of iRacing?
1: There's nobody hotter than me right now in NASCAR betting. It's just a fact. This is the best time to catch me. It's been a tough year, but last two weekends have been exceptional. And Vegas has been a good track for me. It has. Um, the iRacing world is phenomenal, as always. um. What just happened? I guess before we recorded this, I did Mooncar. Carson Hosovar was in it. He won, but got disqualified. I disagree with the disqualification, but hey, what happened? Yeah.
0: Disqualified for.
1: Well, he, it, I, I had crashed on the last lap, as I basically always fucking do in Mooncar, but he was in third, coming into the tri at Talladega. Guy in front of him got loose. It looked like he tried to like turn down beneath him, and he got loose and he ran into the back of the leader which was blake mccandless blake crashed into the other guy and host of our won it and the mod judged it that he was intentional and i don't think it was i think a lot of people disagreed but he didn't disagree he was like yeah whatever it is what it is and he i don't know who won it somebody else
0: won it but it's probably that yeah. new Crafton sanchez update that definitely probably threw that in there for sure yeah well in my
1: eyes, he's a moon car winner, but he's a winner in landing a new ride. That news happened Tuesday, I guess. Yeah. Not a not a shocker, though. Ho is going to the Spire number 77 in the Cup Series, making that jump like Zane Smith straight from trucks to Cup. Um, I'm not surprised by it. I was kind of thinking maybe Collig was an option, but it seems like with the alliance he had with Junior Motorsports – uh, in the Xfinity series, the 77, it was technically a Spire car or, you know, junior satellite through them. I don't know exactly how it worked, but guess that was, uh, kind of in the cards, not, not a big shocker. I don't know what you think about it, but that's some news.
0: Yeah. I think we've talked about it and and we've seen enough stuff, you know, like on social media that that's been speculating on it now for a while. Um, I, I think that especially after him running with legacy, like, cause Jimmy Johnson, I think had a quote that he came out with one of the times that he ran for him where he was basically saying that, you know, he'll definitely make the jump to cup. And then that's where the Spire speculation started. It makes sense. It's definitely a move that makes sense. I think I was a little more, uh, I was a little more like surprised with the Zane Smith news than i was the host of our news just because of like track house and them getting the charter and and, and i do think that Spire's going to definitely have some kind of some type they, they have they're they're going through growth right now they're fucking insane dude let's not even call it growth they're like they're like amazon of nascar
1: they're like amazon of nascar right now with what they're doing they're so? making unbelievable moves with just like taking over. They might own 20 teams in the next five years. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing. They're buying everybody out, they're cutting deals like with the track
0: house deal. I think it's possible through Spire, isn't it? Isn't that what that is? That, that has to be Justin Marks. It, like I feel like Justin Marks definitely has a big financial hand somewhere. Well, obviously, but spy he's gotta he's gotta make a
1: handshake with somebody. And the common denominator in, re- in repetitive handshakes right now
0: is Spire. It's crazy. Uh, I don't think we need to sleep on that, you know. No, it feels backdoor. Like, it feels like there's, and not like in a bad way, but it feels like there's definitely, like, some backdoor money flowing around. And, and I think it's a smart decision because basically now, like, with them in the truck series, like, they have a track house development and they have a development for the Spire teams as well, which I think is amazing. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's far, as far as he, they, they don't have anything happening in Xfinity right now, do they? No, I think they were, that's what I mentioned earlier is that they
1: had done that 77 with junior motorsports. I think that had an affiliation with them, but, um, no, and, and another thing too is like the SVG, right? Like, how is Trackhouse doing the SVG deal? Like, is that gonna be a Spire deal? Like, honestly, I could see them taking that seven truck that runs full time, or I don't know if they run full time. They run a lot of the schedule, mm-hmm. and I, I actually think they did run full time this year. But regardless, I, I, it's just crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. But with Hostivar, it makes sense because of. Um, prior I guess a prior relationship was somewhat there and he did take over for Corey LaJoy at St. Louis and was carving through the field in that seven car. I don't know if you remember that but he was booking it. I mean he was past at a, at that track where it's really really tough to pass Hosubar was passing a lot of cars and then he blew a brake rotor and crashed. I think that laid some kind of that laid an a, a impression 14. on Spire too. He was so 15, I believe, like he when he
0: ran yeah, points. he
1: he was on the edge of the, he was getting close to the edge of the top ten. And I think with Carson here, the main point, I think Carson is one of these drivers that has some serious raw talent. Mm-hmm. I think he's a raw talent race car driver, and. I hope this is a good deal in a sense of the competitive features of the race car. Like, I hope this is a much more competitive race car, a competitive number 77 than what we've seen in prior years with a makeshift rotation of drivers and then Ty Dillon this year. Like, you can say what you want about Ty Dillon. He's not driving a good race car 99% of the time. So I'm hoping that we don't take a kid who's got – I think objectively clear raw talent and turn him into a backmarker for a couple of years. Like, I think that's, that could be damaging when you could take over an Xfinity car and build your resume and build more experience as you age and and gain some wisdom and learn how to win more races and learn how to compete for a championship at a higher level. I just hope that that's not, I hope that the 77 team will be competitive is all I'm saying for a kid that, Kind of just something about him. The jump here it just kind of reminds me of Carl Edwards, right? I think Carl Edwards is a guy, a young kid that was a that w- that had a lot of raw talent right out the gate. It a and it's a similar path. It, yeah, he reminds me of Carl Edwards back in uh, it was o three o four. Carl Edwards came out in the Truck Series and he won at Kentucky. Then the next year he won at Daytona. And before you knew it, he was full-time in the Cup Series. Like, that is what this situation reminds me of. And I don't know why, because they're totally different. But from I a raw talent it. perspective, from the jump from from trucks to Cup, it, it reminds me of Carl Edwards, even though Carl did have some – he did have some Bush Series well, he, uh, in he's between. He's got a
0: vibe to him. Like, he's got a vibe to him. Like, I can definitely see it just from a standpoint of, like, outside the car, like, based off of just, like they, – they don't look alike, but, like, there's similarities there. And so, yeah, you're talking about just the situation in general, but I can also see it in other areas too. I don't think that it's going to be a bad car by any means. Like I'm really excited about it. But honestly. we have nothing to. Te- we have no indication that it's going to be a good car, though. That's the problem. We don't. But hear me out. So the way that I'm seeing this right is like we we were just talking about Carson. You know, he gets in for Corey, fills in for him uh, at Gate uh, at Worldwide Technology Raceway and he is running really well and he's able to to showcase that skill something messes up on the car that right there alone i think what we've understood is like this this car the gen 7 car is it's been called like a kit car it's been compared to a kit car i think bubba has actually said that in on a, in a tweet In the past where he's talking about how you know this is just kind of like it's out the box and then it depends on the people that are putting it together and setting it up so it really just comes down to the investment in the people that are putting the car together and if you look at the people that put corey lajoy's car together and you see what carson was able to do there we all know that this is more of a a car that show it allows the driver skill to showcase I think this is going to be a good thing here because we know that he should have some decent sponsors to come in. Uh, what is it? The, the, the company that sponsors Chastain, the WW. Uh,
1: is a, post- no, we know what you're talking about. The blue paint. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. He's so got, I funding. he's got, funding. they have, they have a relationship with him there. So that should, that should translate. And then I'm sure some new ones will come along as well that he currently possesses, or maybe that are, he's already in talks with, so the sponsorship stuff will be fine. It's really just about getting the right people to put this car together, having a, a pit crew that is not going to be a JGR pit crew or a Hendrick pit crew by any means, but decent enough to where he can just showcase that talent. I think it's going to be good because there was a lot of people talking about how, like, wow, like Carson Hosefard gets in Corey LaJoy's car. And look what he can do with Corey LaJoy's car because Corey LaJoy was in the nine car that weekend. And the results were kind of, they, they were not what you would have expected. So I think that him coming into this team is going to be really good because now we're going to see these two guys, you know, Corey LaJoy, the face of Spire, really. He's been there for a while now. He's invested in that. He's kind of, like, got his own little, uh, you know, appearance in – he's he's very nestled in the sport of NASCAR itself. He's going to have this kid come in. There's going to be kind of like a uh, – the, the team – essence of it will shake out where they're going to motivate each other and they're going to push each other. And we're really going to get to see that dynamic. So I'm excited for that part of it because I do think Carson has the ability to get, you know, better finishes than Corey possibly, maybe not in the very beginning, but we've seen Corey carve off some pretty good runs that have just kind of resulted. And mainly it's because of the pit strategy um, you know, our pit time, but we've seen him be up running in certain spots at at races where I don't think we would normally expect him to do well. So it's really just about getting that synchronicity going to where we can see what they're really capable of. And I think that all just comes with the sponsors coming in. And if there is good money coming in behind the scenes from track house flowing from Justin Mark's, you know, Rolodex, then we should see that improve because I really do feel like we're about to enter an era where they have realized like we want to cut the flab out of this sport. We want good teams in the cup level. Like we want people that are going to put their all and not just use it as a business. We want to see competitiveness on all aspects with every team and maybe let that trickle down a little bit more to Xfinity because once you do that with cup after a while, that's going to start to, to maybe be carved out where you'll start seeing those people that are treating racing as business have to look into other avenues of racing because it, if NASCAR is growing and it's gaining popularity, you're going to want every team to be on their job constantly and not have to worry about all that stuff in the back end. Well, Spire...
1: Or- Aspire actually did that. Like they literally did what you said shouldn't happen. And that is come through NASCAR and just use it as a business. And through that, they have now turned it into a potentially competitive race team. But all this is just a waste of breath. If the car isn't good, if this car is as competitive as it's been with Ty Dillon, as it's competitive as it was before that, when they'd had a revolving door of drivers, then it's just a, you know, it's not good, but yeah, I have hope that with the funding that he's got and the deals that they're making.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be, there's, there's potential the people to make working it on that car. car. If they can get yeah. good people working on that car, then it shouldn't be a shit car. And that's we'll all they, count. they obviously don't have that with Ty Dillon right now or Ty Dillon has decent equipment and just really doesn't have much driver talent. So you can look at it on either side of the glass but the, the main thing is is yes, getting the people to assemble this car.
1: Yeah. But the, the car the car currently is slow. Yeah, I, I you can say whatever about Ty Dillon. I think Ty Dillon is a guy, you know, we talk about the silly season stuff. Um Ty uh-huh. Dillon's a guy who, who I'm, he I just lost
0: change that by the way. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I don't want to call it silly season anymore. I think it sounds fucking stupid. I want to... I like I don't I think that's fine. I like that name. Silly is silly. You know what I mean? Like it does, it, it, you don't have that's NFL. It's a,
1: a standard free agency type of name. I think that with Ty, though, on this topic, I just feel like if he's smart, he needs to go to a competitive truck ride, a competitive Xfinity ride. You know, he's going to have some kind of funding from Richard Childress. Mm-hmm. Drop down and go be competitive and win races because I don't think anybody really knows what his talent level actually is because ever since he got into the cup series he was with jermaine racing which always sucked in the cup series geico car looked cool whatever number 13 was whatever but we don't know what his talent level is so revamp your career and go down xfinity trucks that's what i'll say about ty Dillon. but um yeah i hope it works out for carson i think he's gonna be good i think he's a good race car driver gonna be if yeah, we'll just see. I don't want to waste any more breath on this, but I think he's, I think Carson's going to be a force to reckon with as he gets older because uh, I think he's very talented. I just hope it it works out with this new ride that he's got. You see, Matt Kenseth is going to be a competition
0: advisor for Legacy Motor Club. I did. I I talked about it on the uh, latest Garage Guys report. Should be what out. Even, Go and- what even is that role?
1: I don't even. It's such a funny name. A this is what do you This do? is
0: your okay. So, this is your basic. Let's bring in big names to the team to really jazz up the presence inside of the sport. That is what this role is. When complimentary toupees pays for every driver that 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 drives for Legacy. You That's can all I think of. You can say that. So you look at this i was reading an article i had it pulled up actually i read it off uh earlier tonight and i don't have it pulled up anymore but the gist of it was basically just it was showing jimmy and matt you got this it's it's like the what i like to call it like the tom brady era right it's that 2003 to like 2000 and, and maybe 13 like Just that early 2000s, it's like the new classic wave of like the veteran drivers that are getting older, and it's just creating something new inside the sport. Like I've been comparing Legacy Motor Club to like the F1 team of NASCAR, if you will. It's just got that feel. Everybody's in suits, you know, casual suits. They're not wearing ties. They got their shirts unbuttoned, and that was literally the exact photo you would see with Kenseth. And Johnson so I think that by giving this title just he's in the building he's going to give his opinion on certain things give his advice on certain things maybe kind of like the same role you know not necessarily the same role as like a Chad Canals but you know just having uh, somebody with the level of expertise to be a part of building this new what they're trying to create is a juggernaut inside of the sport because jimmy johnson wouldn't have got into this thing if he didn't want this thing to be as big as it is and i think now more than ever this team legacy motor club with jimmy and matt uh you know i know that richard petty had his deal for the longest time but like i really do feel like now it's like we've seen what Richard Petty Motorsports was over the years, and it never really got any higher than what we would have expected it to get. I guess like, like you look in the 70s, you would have expected that to be like a Hendrick Motorsports. Once Hendrick came in, they, they really just took off and they've kind of been you know dominating, you, you could say. I think we're getting ready to step into a new era, and that's exactly what they're trying to build with that. You know, and you can have other teams, but like as far as like the aesthetic of what legacy is with these guys in the office, it seems like that is exactly the goal here is just to take it one step further than Richard Petty Motorsports. And I do think that they can accomplish it, especially with Toyota, because JGR has been basically uncontended as far as the same manufacturer that could show dominance. And yep. we're going to get that moving forward. So yep. they're just putting all the pieces together. And that's what I always, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and finish what you're saying. No, I was just saying they're just putting all the pieces together. Matt's probably coming in. He's going to use some of his networking to build their connections. They definitely got to get their sponsorship connections built up uh, with John Hunter coming in it's it's all just you know we're we're in the very beginning stages of the brew with it so I, I think that the more big names they can have from that era that jimmy johnson was a part of that are collaborating together on that project is really going to just take it to a level that richard petty motorsports could never reach
1: yeah i think that's pretty well said because i mean richard petty motors uh or it's not really richard petty motorsports it was uh enterprises but regardless um, they never were anything r- relevant after Richard Petty basically won his seventh championship. I mean, it, it, once you got into the early '80s, Petty wasn't competitive anymore because he had just gotten older. And then any driver they brought in just never. You know, I don't think as much as the driver's fault as the equipment. And as I've said,
0: it preached, got way more expensive. It got significantly more expensive into the nineties, and I think that that was something well, that probably was also a task. Uh,
1: I don't know. I just think they just didn't they didn't keep up with the times on ingenuity. I think, but that's a that's a completely different topic. The point here is now they're like you said they're in a good spot with with what they've got because as I've preached Toyota is a quality over quantity program and, and NASCAR ever since Red Bull left and a couple of those other, like the Dr. Pepper team with Alex Bo- uh, BK racing. And after they kind of all folded uh, maybe Tommy Baldwin, I think was a Toyota program at one point. I'm not sure, but once all those other little teams folded, it's been a quality over quantity program top to bottom from cup to trucks for the most part. So yeah, I think it's great overall and bringing Matt in just means if you, uh, if any of these drivers start going bald, Matt Kenseth has got, he's got their backs. He's got the solution. So I'm excited for that to unfold with Matt Kenseth being a competition advisor. I I don't know how long we've been talking, but big two crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah and no one talks about it It pisses me the fuck off i've been talking about it for years me and my dad and nobody is like speculation nobody notices it we've talked about it on the pod multiple times We like i I want someone to tweet at me and acknowledge that i'm right that he wears a toupee please somebody
0: anybody i guess and let us know because i'm interested as well because like it's all speculation i definitely can see it i've definitely paid more attention
1: i don't think it's it's so obvious
0: I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now. We got to talk Roval. I want to what'd see. I want to see him bald on top with the side hair. I think that that would be really like a move. Like he would be like that one character off King of the Hill, but like in better shape.
1: Oh you know? yeah, the the fat guy with the
0: tank. Yeah. yeah, what's his name? Oh, scared. I don't know. He just he always has a scared voice about. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Um, Maybe Matt does. What did you think about the Roval? Did you like it? So I I went in just kind of like. Taking the vast opinion, like everybody else was talking about, how like oh stage cautions are back, da 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 da. Of course, I let my passions of who I have my money on determine my mood throughout the race as usual. And uh, I, I really will say that like after watching it, after digesting it, huge shout out to AJ College Racing's team. The emotion, the passion—it's just always beautiful to like see that happen and go down. Um, I. I didn't mind it as much. I think that I really just took the time. Like when I was going through it, I was just so focused on like the guys I had my money on. And I'm like, all right, do this, do that. Uh, and then I'm on playback. And, uh, you know, we've got the chat going. We're all talking. We're all just, you know, it, it's it's a fun time. It's a fun experience. But when all the dust settled, you know, everything was over with. I really thought about like our stage cautions at road courses so bad and I think what I've realized is that I'm just happy that there is a strategy in the race like there is definitely strategy whenever there's no stage cautions you know and it, it, just like there's a strategy at Richmond you know but there also is a strategy to the stage caution racing on road and and so I guess for me like really just taking the time to acknowledge that made me appreciate it you know there wasn't as much chaos as i thought there would be i thought it was going to be crazier and i think it's just really because like i amplified that thought in my head at first but then it's just like watching how it all played out it's just watching what colleague did and just taking advantage of just like you know, it, there's definitely luck involved uh, i do feel like that you know you got to have a little bit of that especially when some of those cautions can come out Uh, There was some people that I had heard that were making, you know, remarks about, you know, the the penalties and stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to dig deep into it, but what I will say. What penalties? penalties? Just talking about some of the drivers, like uh, I think one of the voicemails on the report was somebody was saying that it was. It, they didn't think it was very fair for some of the penalties that were issued, like going over chicanes or like going through areas. And I didn't really agree with that because I'm like, yo, like this race is supposed to be challenging. Well,
1: what moment, what moment, like
0: what, what's, what's specific. I can't reason? remember this specific moment, but basically what they were speaking to was like whoever, I think that didn't Bubba have to serve one, like who had to serve penalties? Oh
1: yeah. Well, okay. Well, several people did. I think the stop and go is fair. I think, uh, the one that was questionable to me, Bubba Wallace got wrecked. I mean, literally got wrecked. Did not advance any position. Got spun sideways when Daniel Suarez overshot. You know, I mean, just cooked the brakes and and lost it. Wrecked him and Cindric, and Bubba had to serve a stop and go penalty, which
0: it doesn't. It really didn't matter that much anyway. But I thought that was questionable. Did he go into a certain area? Like, like where that penalty, like if someone would have drove through that, they would have had to serve it. Yeah, but he didn't advance anything. That's why.
1: Yeah, that's why the rule that rule is. I I, I guess I see that he didn't advance anything, though. He got wrecked. (laughs) Like, how does he have to stop and go after he just served a penalty by getting wrecked by the competition? That's ridiculous.
0: Maybe it's one of those things where, I mean, this might sound shitty, but I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, like that's just the rule if if this area is touched or. They try to not be black and, or they try not to be gray area about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's by the book. It's just, you know, it's, 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 that's how this goes. Like if, if it's an unfortunate, it's just kind of like, you know, when someone's going into pit and some caution comes out, it's just an unfortunate circumstance. So I I see like, like the way I look at it is, I don't necessarily agree that, like, I think that they were too harsh by any means because, like, this is the last road course race of the year. This is a road course race inside of the playoff system. You obviously want this to be, like, you got to treat this, like, perfection, right? Especially for people that are trying to advance. And it just makes it more challenging because one wrong move or you know, if somebody decides that, you know, like you could have lifted, but you decided not to and you stay where you're at and like someone just decides to just try to run over you or whatever. And you get in a situation where you're, you're moved out the way or you have to go serve one of those things. It was all still something that, you know, even though it might have been the snap of a finger, it could have been considered. So looking at it like that, like it really just goes to show like the the perfection rate the main purpose of it is just get to the front as fast as you fucking can, because you're, if you don't do that on a restart, you're pretty fucked with this car on the road. So I, I just speaking to that, I thought that, you know, I I didn't see that as a problem. Uh, what I will say though, is once everything settled out, I definitely appreciated it a little bit more. I don't mind it as much. It wasn't as much carnage as I thought there would be. And, Ultimately, you you cannot be upset because getting to see uh, AJ Allmendinger win and the emotion and just all of the shit that that man has bottled up that just explodes when he has those moments is just so good. It's so good. Like, yeah, all of them just the celebrating, knowing them and, and being around them like you and I both have just been around them. they're fucking contagious. So it's like getting to like watch all that play out. It's like you can kind of feel that once you've been around that before. One of the first races that, that uh, we went to was the the the, the Brickyard, the Verizon Two Hundred. It was the first year that it was on road, and AJ won that race. And you remember that. You remember being around that, and like it was. Uh, so it's always just good to see that. Uh, another thing too, I, I got to asked this question on the report. I want to know your thoughts on it. Do you think? I know how I feel about it, but just do you think that him winning this race impacts his decision to stay in cup and move forward? No, I don't. They, they said they
1: had already made up their mind, but I did want to say, yeah, it's always great to see AJ win. The, the emotion is awesome. Like, cause it just shows you like how difficult it is to win in the cup series and not just Cup. I mean, Xfinity too. It's, it's, difficult to win at these top levels of stock car racing and aj's never had especially in cup like you can say whatever about college and xfinity they've they've their program is good still not as good as jgr still not as good as junior motorsports but in cup they're nowhere near a top program and now aj's won two races with them since 2021 so AJ's never had the equipment and cup to be a legitimate contender and a legitimate threat every single week to win. So I think that it's, it's still an underdog story in a way because of the ride that he's in is not as good as the competition that he faced to win that race, which was RCR and Hendrick motorsports with Kyle Bush and William Byron, and then Ty Gibbs with Joe Gibbs. So um, I love that part of it. And, I'm just really, really happy for AJ. I do think he's going to be in the Xfinity series, though, because his potential to win eight to ten races a year it is totally realistic. It totally is, because as I just stated, their program in Xfinity is strong, and it's not just road courses. Like, you know AJ can go out and win every road course, but he's a contender at the mile and a half. He's won at Bristol before. And I think maybe they're looking at I don't know who they're gonna put in that car. Maybe it's Noah Gragson. Um, maybe it's shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who else they could bring. That's another silly another silly season storyline, but I think AJ I think will be I think AJ will be in Xfinity, and then maybe they could do something part-time with him cup on the road courses, because I think what what is their motto? It's it's chasing trophies, right? That's their whole thing. And it, you put AJ in the Xfinity series, and you could get a lot of fucking trophies. We've seen it in the past already, and I think that's where they they're going. And they're gonna bring, I think they're gonna bring a money driver to cup with Daniel Hemric.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm indifferent on the Hemric thing. I'm not ready to say that that I think he's gonna be. You know he's going to blow it out the water by
1: any. Oh, point. i think it's i think it. the hemrick deal is undeserving for sure
0: yeah i i, I do want to speak to this so i agree with you thousand percent um and and i'll have uh i'll i'll have it on the you can watch the report on youtube and hear my full rundown on it if you want to but what i'll say here is i think that the reason that i i think that he wants to go to xfinity is basically because like we all know a lot of these older drivers they just they have more fun there and aj said he doesn't though he said he wants to be in cup so okay well i also see it as this too is like you were saying when you look at the advances that they have in the xfinity series versus the cub series and just the resources i feel like their resources are definitely stronger in xfinity plus we all know aj is a good road course racer and like you were saying he's won some other races but yeah i, I think that aj is one of those guys and you, you may look at it another way, but I feel like he's just constantly trying to reach for the uh, evolution of him, him being able to go to like somewhere like Talladega or somewhere like, uh, what was it? One of the ovals that he won on. Uh, for him to be able to do that, I feel like is probably so meaningful for him Because that is like growth within him and also setting the tone that I'm not just a road course racer. And I feel like with the Xfinity series, like he could definitely continue to evolve that process. And who's to say that he wouldn't come back and, you know, do some more stuff in Cup like you were talking about. I I don't really how that's going to expand out. But I I do know that... uh, whenever we are, whenever you get your your thought out, you know, or whatever about AJ, I de- you brought up Noah Gregson, and I definitely want to talk to that.
1: Yeah, I think that what you, the point you just made is what Chris Rice and Matt Colick see, right? They see that he's capable every single week of winning on any oval or and any road course they go to. So it'd be a benefit to their program, and it's a benefit to AJ in the sense that he can collect some trophies himself. and and just be more competitive and and probably have more fun because I think the cup program is, it's not there yet In all. It's not there yet to compete at every single racetrack. It's not even there yet to compete on every single road course. Mm -mm. We've seen plenty of road courses, uh, road course races this year, where AJ was not much of a threat at all. So I think that's, that is a good point upon the idea that they're going to bring, another driver up and try to develop that program through youth and let Daniel Hemrick be the, the veteran guy, which I, I don't, I don't think he makes it two years. I'll be honest. I don't think that that lasts two more than two years, but you know, we'll see. I think with um yeah, Gregson, right. We saw the rumor that he might be taking over the 10 car
0: for Ford uh, SHR. Exciting. So, i wonder i wonder so the way that this worked out apparently pakris was on door bumper clear and and i saw a uh, a post that was talking about it was like a nascar reddit post where they were just like at this time stamp like hawkers made these remarks uh i know daily downforce dropped an article about it They, they were very quick to do that which they have been definitely uh check out some of those articles over there uh but it it was a it was interesting to me because what really hit me hard was how much sense it makes for him to go to shr look at the staple that they have right now you've got josh berry coming into the four with kevin leaving out that dude's full of grit he is a all the way through race car driver like maybe not so much personality but he's got that grit and that seriousness to him. Like he wants to win, and he's good at his craft. You've got Chase Briscoe, kind of like the new young face, if you will, of that. He, you know, he's the the Tony Stewart, uh, you know, uh, student. He grew up like worshiping that guy, and he's tried to model his race career off of you know things that Smoke has been able to do. The relationship's good. He's in the 14 car. You know, and he's kind of got that. He's kind of got a, a chill, laid back personality. You got Ryan Priest, who is the wild card, and and more. I hope more people grow to see that in him and learn that with him. And I and I know for a fact that it will. Like he is, the, he is the wild guy right now, and I feel like he is going to be a name in the making once he starts carving off some wins. His presence in the sport. I feel like can really be felt now. It's just the right time for that. And so when you look at at Eric Amarola, he doesn't really fucking fit in. Let's be real. He just doesn't possess any of that pizzazz that these other guys have, you know, and and I'm not knocking the guy's career by any means, but you retire, you you don't retire. and, And there's really nothing that has, other than an Xfinity win that he has to really boast. So if you look at Gregson, Coming on the outs, this is this. The stars are aligning perfectly because if that stable of Gregson, Barry, Priest, and Briscoe, that is just that. That's a gritty race car team, and that is that is that screams fun. And also made the statement that I, I just want to see Tony Stewart go to a Wendy's because I feel like Wendy's would have to carry over at that point, maybe for a few races, just like they have, because they're invested in Noah, not so much the team.
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but the social media thing could have damaged that partnership. I don't know.
0: I hope it did. But
1: you just know how corporations are today. Like, once one of those things happens, I mean, it's, it's a sensitive topic. But think about, like, Kyle Larson after that, like, after that deal in 2020. How many different sponsors? How many other sponsors have you seen on his car other than Hendrick Affiliates? Uh, the Nation Guard, the HendrickCars.com, and Valvoline. That's it. Oh, in Cincinnati, who I think has some kind of an, another.
0: That, yeah, that's definitely an alliance. That was with Bowman's car when he won Auto Club a couple years right, ago. Right, which is, I think they do some kind of dealings with Hendrick Motors. Not a new so... sponsor, though. Have you seen uh, Larson signed some deal with uh, a ramen noodle company? Yes, he did. That is true, but... Th- that's a personal. I think that's a personal
1: deal that hasn't been on any. They haven't had a race car activation yet. Maybe they will in 2024. But Sick. it's a. It's a. That's another wormhole to dig
0: down that I don't want to. But it's just over time, things will kind of like if you just do the work. And I mean, like yeah, I get where you're coming from. He can easily get the Haas tools shit like Ryan Priest has. Like Ryan yeah. has that. You I know. think he's going to have funding.
1: I think he'll have. Noah's always had funding, I think, based off of his uh based off his career and his path and trucks and Xfinity. I think he'll have funding and and he'll get another shot and I, I hope he does. I'm just worried about SHR bringing lawnmowers to the majority of the racetracks like they have in
0: 2023. Everything's got to change. Uh, and and I think that I think you and I both realize it too. I mean, we went to NHRA, like you see where Tony's focus is right now. Like that dude was more locked in than anybody else there. It's like, he's making the cars take off with his mind. There's no alcohol in those cars. Like that's all Tony Stewart's mind power. Just just beam lining down. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. I am worried about that. I am worried about that. And he's doing it
0: himself. Like he's running that too. So, I mean like, where is the focus? Like who is, who is, like keeping the energy high and the you know like like and he's never like tony is always kind of i don't know if he's ever he's never been a high energy guy by any means he's kind of monotone sarcastic you know just kind of straight-laced so it really just it's like who is the driving force of just like really the the growth and the fuel right now when you've got your main guy that was the person that ran stock cars because like Gene Haas doesn't he come from like a uh he comes from an open wheel background doesn't he I don't know I actually don't know his detailed background but you know they have an F1 team yeah
1: well you know I I think it's a it's a steal if they get Noah Gregson it's a steal because you bring more young talent you got Josh Berry taking over Kevin Harvick. You got two guys that in the pipeline were viewed as massive prospects at one certain point in time, whether it was last year with Josh Berry or, you know, two years ago, last year with Noah Gregson as well. So that's a big win removing, you know, you lose Harvick, obviously his time's come and you lose Almirola who has won three races in 16 years of competition. 15 years of competition. So that's a plus. And with Noah Gragson, you're going to have funding and talent. Like Noah Gragson is a talented race car driver. And I think, and I could be, I don't think I'm wrong, but I could be, I don't want to assume, but I think he's going to have some funding. He can bring to that team, which is important in, in, in NASCAR. So it's a steal that they landed. And it's a good thing for Ford after losing Zane Smith. There's, there's a bright spot there. So, We'll see. It's going to be fun as we continue to develop into this uh, this silly season
0: deal. Seeing where everybody shakes out in twenty twenty four. He had a video that he dropped on Instagram recently. I saw where he was like working out and he had like Foo Fighters playing on it. So I mean, it seems like he's, he's yeah really motivated. He's motivated right now and like just that tone of a reel definitely like sends out the vibe of like. Hey, like I'm hungry and I'm serious about this and I'm coming back and sure, yeah. so I do like that aspect of it and and to see like this next chapter of Noah, you know, because no, if you know Noah, you know Noah, and we'll put it that way and um and so yeah, I I think it would be a win for both SHR and Noah himself. Um, Haley Deegan going to Xfinity. I don't really have m- many thoughts on that one other than just you know big win for uh what is it ar racing am Uh, racing am racing like big win for them right marketing wise um oh yeah that's huge i i i think um i think she's got she's got potential to be
1: pretty competitive and yeah that's a huge win for that team who has been like a low-tier truck team forever dude forever they've been a low-tier truck team and now uh, they, 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 they've had like a lot of start and parks and trucks this year. Like their focus has definitely gone to the Xfinity series and they landed great marketability. And I think based off what Haley did in her first start last year at Las Vegas, uh, I think there, there's a lot of chatter that she's going to be a better Xfinity driver than truck series driver. I don't know. I think that's kind of, that's a big time assumption after only one start. But I'm, I'm excited to see what she can do. I think that'll be fun. I'm excited to see her. Um, I mean, ideally, the way I look at all this is, I think you need to perform before you can just jump. And I, I, I wish I could, we could get another year out of her in trucks. But we got to remember, this is a business. Marketability is going to be off the chain, moving up a tier. And as, as a lot of people are, are talking about, she might be a better Xfinity driver than a, than a truck driver. So
0: yeah I'm excited for it absolutely that that's just some of the news that that has come out uh, as far as uh you know driver signings trades things like that so definitely something to uh to to speculate and and wait and watch and see what comes out of it from all these moves um other than that though I don't think there was much more to say about the roval unless you had anything else I know that we've got a new playoff picture now I just wanted to bitch for a second and just say Yeah, dude, um,
1: bitch away, dude. It's just the stage breaks coming back is whatever. Like I said, I still liked the race. I thought it was a good race. I don't I thought it was compelling. The finish was good. It was a close battle at the end. Seemed like you could actually kind of pass, which has been a problem on the other road courses this year. But I I just can't stand the precedent of using a band-aid. To cover up the quality of the race car, the air deficiencies being band-aided by the stage brakes is not a long-term solution at all. And it's, we need NASCAR leadership to step up and and really acknowledge that the car needs a lot of changes. And this is something I could say at every pod, in every podcast, I could say it almost every single post-race except like a Kansas, hopefully a Vegas, because Vegas has been good, but you know, error deficiencies in the race car don't need to be pinned on stage brake additions. If you make the car better, you can do whatever the fuck you want with stage brakes. You don't even have to have them if the car is good enough to put on a performance at all racetracks, not just road courses, but the road course deal is the topic because of them taking them away and then adding them back, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just wanted to bitch about that for a second and just Remind everybody. It's not about stage breaks. It's about the quality of the race car and we've got to improve that to make it better everywhere.
0: And that's it. All right. Well said.
1: I hope that was under I think that was under a minute. That wasn't too bad.
0: Yeah, I didn't keep count, but I mean you said it, and that's what counts. Um looking forward though, like we had uh we had eliminations. Obviously, Ross Chastain was someone that you and I talked about early that week. Uh he's gone. Kyle Bush. just couldn't find a way just didn't have it for ty and for aj towards the end um you know he's out uh who else we have brad k i think we all kind of expected that one to happen i know i did at least um especially being with his history on road courses uh big spin doctor and that's that's okay and then, uh, who was the other guy? That- bubble loss and Bubba, yeah. And that was unfortunate. But Tyler moves forward for 23 Uh, Chris Chris, Chris Busher, dude, still in this bitch, dude. Sitting fifth right now out of the eight drivers. Uh, you know, current playoff standings. You got Byron, Truex, Hamlin, and Larson ranking out the top four, and then Busher, Bell, Reddick, and Blaney, uh, fifth through eighth there on the bubble. So it's going to be a very fun next three races, and I think that we're going to see some moves that maybe we don't expect uh, coming now that this, this picture is getting a little bit more into focus. I've definitely made some, some mental notes, and I've had to look and, and make some changes to what I think that Final Four is going to ultimately look like how many of your top eight did you get right in our predictions? Um. Well, I had I had, uh, had Logano out. Oh wait. Do we do? I remember we did a sixteen at Darlington. We I predict. I think we predicted a top top eight too. Okay. I, probably, I I know what I know. My record. I know how many I've gotten right and wrong. Yeah, I'd have to go. I'm sure I wrote it down on some piece of paper in this desk in a notepad somewhere and I'm gonna just stumble upon it because you know I'm a dinosaur when it but comes you should to just that. know that. You should just know what you got right and wrong. Yeah, well I probably the fact that I can't remember lets me know that I probably didn't do that great. That's a good point. Yeah. That's what I know. I'm five I am 5 I'm five for eight and all
1: which which works on both sides i was wrong about brad brad i think i had in the final four i I just really thought he'd win talladega you know i was all in on that and then i was right about kyle bush i was right about bubba wallace wrong about chastain i kind of thought if there's a team that's like a find a way at all costs i just kind of raw chastain but they just have not guess what all you motherfuckers that said I was crazy about the track house regression in 2023, look at us now. Yeah? In disguise. They're gone. And they have definitely been way fucking slower. Which I like, Ross. I don't want—I didn't like want that to happen, but that was my prediction, and it was right. So, fuck you. Sound like you were proud. I am, because I do. When I went on SiriusXM and said that to Danielle Trotta and... Dude, I got, they went out to Fontana and just fucking dominated, dude. I know mean, he didn't win, but Sick. he led like 90% of the race. I got so many mm-hmm. tweets and so many DMs of people being like, I heard you this morning. You're an idiot. Yeah, I'm talking about the full season. And now here we are, and they're out. After a final four year, they're out. They don't even make the top eight. So
0: what yeah. counts. Um, I had to bring that up. I
1: had to. But, yeah, I'm
0: five for eight on the predictions, and, yeah, I've already got an index card pulled out. I'm gonna write it down, and I'm gonna like keep it like by my computer so I don't forget. Uh, because I, I feel a lot better now about making this, obviously, but uh, but yeah, there, there was a lot. There, there was a lot of, of changes, and I think it's a good time for us to go ahead and just quickly segue into what we have currently on the books. For the South point 400 when it comes to looking at these guys that are in the playoffs, looking at the odds and where everything's set. So off off the bat, uh, it's easy to to know that Kyle Larson is back at the top of the boards on pretty much every sports book. Five to one on bet MGM, I think, is his best line that I have been able to find currently. So if you're going to bet on Larson. I would probably do it now because the chances of him having issues in qualifying are about the same as as, uh, I'm not even going to say that. Like they're very slim. So just keep it in mind that there's not going to be much movement here at all. Five to one on Larson. If you're, if you like him, you want to take him this week, you probably should attack that immediately. Hamlin's right behind him and then of course William Byron and then they have Martin Truex Jr. in there, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch. That's the MGM lines and they're pretty much in a row everywhere. It's almost like we're we're at that point where pretty much everyone's starting to copy and paste. And there is one driver that's in the playoffs that I think has a real shot to win this race that is currently sitting at 14 to 1. Ryan fucking blaney yeah i'm right there with you wow so what what is it what what is it about him like because i i know i know where i'm standing with it give me your uh your your way of looking at it
1: yeah so if there's other than chris busher and and brad k too if there's another ford that has shown glimpses of mile and a half superiority in 2023 and raw speed it's been Ryan Blaney. And it's that's a point I've made on several pods because I feel like I've bet on him at mile and a half a lot this year after he won the Coke 600. Hadn't worked out, um, and I don't care because he, he won me a lot of money at Talladega. All is good with Ryan Blaney. But in particular with Las Vegas, they – and when I say they, I'm talking Team Penske. They've come out to Vegas over the years and – have been really, really, really strong, whether it was with Brad Keselowski or with Joey Logano, which is the defending winner of this race, by the way, Joey Logano. But between like 20, I don't know, 2014 to 2023, 2022, between Logano and Brad racing at Team Penske, they've probably won about five or six races uh, over the years at Las Vegas. And with Logano winning this race last year, coming out in the spring and winning the pole, which they weren't great in race trim compared to what Logano laid down in qualifying this spring. I'm still kind of uh, bullish on the idea that we're going to get everything we got from the team Penske fleet into Ryan Blaney's car this weekend. Yep. And with their success at this track, Ryan Blaney's success on mile and a half throughout his career He's had some pretty good runs at Vegas as well. I, I think Ryan Blaney at his price, which, yeah, 14 to 1 is the best I've seen, which you can find on multiple books, I think is a good price and a good early starting point. Just when you consider the overall resume between him and what Team Pinsky has accomplished here, I think where his spot is in the playoffs, the books overvaluing, and maybe it's not overvaluing, but You know, Tyler Reddick's hot right now. He's been good on the mile and a half. He won Kansas. Toyota in general with Denny and Truex, Christopher Bell have come out and led a lot of laps and have had really good long run speed compared to the rest of the field on similar style racetracks. And then you have Kyle Larson, who has been, you know, honestly, I I am not going to bet that because I don't think he's been good enough at the mile and a half and on the intermediates and in the playoffs, to validate a bet on him at four and a half to one or five to one. I think that's crazy. So I think that's a little bit overvaluing, but when it comes to the books, considering how good the Toyotas have been at this style of racetrack and William Byron being as good as he's been at every style of racetrack, Ryan Blaney kind of takes the cake on value being where he's at at 14 to one. So yeah, I'm right there with you. That that really was my v- vocal point of this,
0: of this podcast. when we talked bets too. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Absolutely, man. And you know, they had a, an article that came out on Ford Performance, and just I, I'm I'm doing some research right now. I just stumbled upon this, but the main thing I'm trying to figure out is: Are they going to make any type of changes to the pit crew? Are they bringing in some of the guys maybe from Joey's team, or has that already been done? But just a quote I'm I'm reading here that was spoken today by Blaney. It just says just having like, like this is on winning the first race of the round of eight. Um, he says just having that prep time for two weeks with nothing else on your mind. Joey was able to do it with that group last year. You saw what happened. It's a huge advantage. I think Larson did it the year before. I think he won the first race of the round of eight and it just gives you so much more prep time for that race. It's just all you're thinking about. So that's a big one. Obviously everyone is gunning to do it and try to win that one and move on. But it was massive for our group last year, and it would be the same big advantage for any group if a playoff car was to win. And what I get from that, really, is the fact that Joey Logano won this race, he won the championship. Kyle Larson the year before, he wins that race, he wins the championship. Is Las Vegas a championship maker? How many years back do we need to go? And if this is the case, based off of Blaney's performance that he's had at intermediate tracks this year, like Charlotte, you know, to, to just mention one, you know, when I'm looking at that, I'm immediately just like, if they have any type of similarity to what Joey had, and they're able to execute perfectly on pit road, is this the year we finally see Ryan Blaney get a championship?
1: Well, it's kind of funny too, though, because this is what team Penske's done in this, you know, in this, not just the Gen 7 era, but in this playoff format, when Joey Logano won the championship in 2018, not not specifically talking about Las Vegas, but when he won the championship in 2018, he kind of crawled into it. He kind of crawled into it. He got hot at the end, and then he went to Homestead and won the final race. And that was the big three era, right? That was Harvick, Truex, Kyle Busch, gobbling up all these wins. And then you just had Logano there, and then he went out Homestead and just spanked everybody. Last year, 2022, Logano was certainly not the top guy. Chase Elliott uh, was probably the top guy in the series, and then it was it was more wide open last year with the start of the Gen Seven era. But the point here is Logano was not the top guy at all throughout the course of the season. Guess what? He creeps around, he crawls into it, and then he wins Vegas, as you referenced to, and then he goes out and he spanks everybody at 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 Phoenix. This has the making of the same thing happening, if Ryan Blaney goes out and wins this race, um, and I think, I think in these final three tracks before you get to Homestead, this is his best shot because of Team Penske's resume at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. For betting, I don't think it adds anything based off of what I've already said. I just think that, based on the resume, you know you can say whatever about the championship picture, but I think the fleet will have all their focus on setting up Ryan Blaney's race car to 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 be a winner this weekend because it's their best shot. And you see that they have been good at Martinsville, but not winning, not winning speed. And Homestead, they were good last year, but not winning speed compared to what Truex or Larson or Denny Hamlin may have had. So this is their best shot. This is what they've got circled. And it, it's been a good Penske racetrack, and that's where I'll leave it at for Ryan Blaney, fourteen to one.
0: Yeah, love the bet. Uh, I've already got that one logged in. I, I'm I'm feeling it. It's just a really big vibe bet. Uh, oh, everybody's gonna be betting on it, dude. That's well, now, hate. of course, it's usually how it works. Early in the week, we we talk about a guy or two, and then. But I
1: bet. But I also think too, that's like the eye candy everybody would see before they would even listen to anybody talk about it. They'd be like, Oh Blaney, like look at all the non playoff guys ranked above him right now. Like if you look like Kyle Bush and chase Elliott are both ahead of him on the odds on the odds list. And he's right there with Brad and
0: it's for good measure though. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, I think Chris Buescher is kind of, Interesting too. He's actually the
1: lowest out of all the playoff guys, and he's eighteen to 1, 20 to one.
0: He's a, he's a sneaky boy. I will say that I don't mind yes. him so much. He's uh, I mean, they're not doing us any favors on Fanduel with him. He's minus one sixty five for top ten. So usually you can try to like like see where they will like sleep on that a little bit, but nope, not now, not this. Well, time. I've
1: noticed recently, Bet Rivers has had the best top ten odds, but yeah. Bushers minus 115 for a top 10 on Caesars. So there's that. There's a little bit of a better a better bet. I wanted to say a few things real quick on Caesars real quick. There's like, I, I think these are new. I have not seen these. If, if I have seen them, it's been like maybe a couple times. But you have average speed of a race you can bet on. Over under 134.5 miles per hour. You have over under on drivers to lead a lap. 11.5. Most laps led by any driver over under 107 and a half. They've got, they've got some variety here to close the season out. I just wanted to point that out for, um, and then this one right here, drivers not competing or completing 133 laps over under 1.5. And then you have number of Toyotas, Fords, Chevys that finish in the top 10 and number of lead changes. So
0: that's what I love about it. It's why you listen to this show And this part is because, you know, like on FanDuel right now, you go to, you click on NASCAR on the normal tab, you're just getting cup futures. You have to go to other and then you have to go to NASCAR to get the odds. So they've, they've dropped out a good bit on FanDuel right now, too. I'm I'm looking through some of these head to heads and stuff, but yeah, Caesars is always doing the most, man. I got to go ahead.
1: I got to talk about one bet here. Um, Qualifying head-to-head matchups. I-, I played around with it a couple weeks ago at Texas. Did not go well. I thought Byron over Bowman in qualifying was a lock, and the one mile and a half that he got out qualified was was at Texas by Alex Bowman. But I have to look at this and-, and give you guys this bet right here. There's a chance I hammer this. Christopher Bell head-to-head qualifying is plus money to william byron now look william byron's been good at qualifying probably more consistent than 90 percent of the field at the majority of the racetracks on the schedule but remember christopher bell on the intermediate package outside of texas which at texas he did out qualify william byron bell qualified ninth willoughby qualified 18th that's in consideration But on the intermediate package, which is what we're racing at Las Vegas, Christopher Bell at Bristol, pole. Christopher Bell at Kansas, pole. Christopher Bell at Darlington, pole. Then you add Daytona, Watkins Glen, Indy. Don't count because we're talking road course, super speedway. Michigan, intermediate. Christopher Bell, pole. I mean, Christopher Bell plus money? In this intermediate package, when he's out qualified on the intermediate package, I think he's out qualified William Byron in five consecutive races, five in a row. And in four of those, he's gotten the pole. Dude, this is wild. I think you got to bet Christopher Bell at least head to head in that matchup if you can get it at plus money or even money. And then if you look, I'm eager to see what Bet Rivers has on qualifying odds when they drop. But Christopher Bell is plus 650 to win the poll. I think that is so worth a bet. Um as well. So I, I needed to shout that out because that's that sticks out to me. And one other bet, a head to head matchup. I just want to point out Ryan Priest on Caesars. Uh not a qualifying matchup, a head to head race matchup. You gotta scroll down and find it. Ryan Priest is a even money underdog to Austin Cendric. In a head to head matchup during the race. And yeah, you know, while we talked about Team Pinsky being good here over the years, it's Austin Cindric is is a complete outlier when it comes to him versus Logano and Blaney. 66. It's like he's, him,
0: by the way, fastest qualifier. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, did he oh, I... do decent? Like, in... well, he qualified up in the top five here last year. He did. Yeah. But earlier in the year too, right? Like remember because I remember we were both wanting Bell to win the poll earlier in the year. I know the weather's different and that can definitely affect That them. was the ult that was the
1: fucking wind race, the wind yeah. qualifying that killed my bets when Logano got the poll.
0: I had Bell the wind. We both wanted Bell, dude. It was so close.
1: But yeah, Cedric was good here in the spring, but it's a totally different which also he had a different crew chief than he does now. Mm-hmm. but their speed in that two-car is fucking pathetic for a Team Penske car. Pathetic. Mm-hmm. They have been so bad. And when you look at Ryan Priest, maybe not this specific track type, but in the last five to seven races, has strung together some pretty solid finishes on oval racetracks. So, Ryan Priest plus money to Austin Cindric who has been, you know, we talk about SHR bringing bad race cars. I don't know if there's a, there's a, Big name Ford team that's bringing worse race cars overall to the track than Austin Cedric's team. I mean, they are slow. So basically, what I'm saying here is I don't think Ryan Priest should be plus money in this matchup. I think they should be closer. So I think that's a bet that could be worth your time,
0: yeah. i uh, i'm I'm looking over a couple of things right now. I know we've got what a total of two hundred and sixty seven laps in this race. They got the over under set most laps led by any driver at one hundred seven and a half on Caesars. I was just looking at that for a minute, just seeing. I don't know if I'm gonna mess with that or not. But I, I I'm, I'm gonna dive in a little bit deeper these matchups because we definitely have more matchups around. I don't mind uh, the the qualifying so much. I may dabble in qualifying this weekend. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. One though, I, I've I definitely have been playing a lot more match matchups and doing them straight instead of parlays. Like I had a really good weekend with Busher fading Martin Trex Jr. at the Roval, worked out well for me. Um, was definitely a big savior for uh, me loading up on Elliott uh, to win the Roval. So looking at some of these head to heads that they have set out right now, like. They they're kind of they they're not that great on FanDuel. They suck. Uh, I am looking over here though on DraftKings. One that I may partake in this weekend is Chris Busher over Chase Elliott minus one ten. Uh, don't mind that one, just because you and I have both heard it from the horse's mouth. Like Vegas has kind of been a struggle for chase chase hasn't really had the best of of luck there and if you kind of have that mentality about it going in you know you're definitely going to question your ability possibly maybe because he doesn't have any pressure on him it'll change things but i do like the busher over elliot line at minus 110 and then i really really and I think this is just bait. We talked about Chastain already. They just haven't had it. But you want to feel like maybe now that he's out of the playoffs, everyone's just going to like give up on anything with Chastain. He's even money over Brad Kay on DraftKings, and maybe it's just the degenerate in me. But I'm tempted, not going to lie. Because didn't he, what was he, second here? Last year, I know this is not last year by any means, but he was trying to run down Logano. So I do feel like, or Logano ran
1: him down.
0: Yeah, Logano ran him down because I had money on Chastain last year. Think we same,
1: same.
0: yeah. We were watching
1: that in the Hooters suite.
0: I don't mind. I don't mind that one for him over Brad K at even money. I kind of like that. I don't know. I, I can't trust them because they've been all over
1: the place on, on consistency or lack thereof. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I kind of just like the idea. I definitely like the bell over Byron qualifying bet. I mean, I, that's something I will bet on and I'm probably going to have bell in my qualifying card. Other than that, when it comes to outrights, I want to see some track time because I just don't think there's enough. Uh, there's anything enticing enough other than the Blaney bet, maybe a Chris Buescher bet. I don't think there's anything enticing enough to to pull me in on throwing big money down. Other than that qualifying bet with Bell over Byron, that's a slam dunk. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got, man. I'm excited for the race. So this has typically been a good race, good track type for the Gen 7 race car. And God, I wish I was in Vegas. Oh, it'd be so fun. I love that place.
0: We'll be back. Yeah, uh, that's don't, all I got. Don't they have a, uh, a in the Formula One race coming up like in two weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, that'll be cool, too. All, All I want to
0: say is that, and I tweeted about it earlier. If the Vegas sphere is not putting on for NASCAR this weekend, I'm going to be pissed. Like I want to see if you're going to Vegas or you're in Vegas and you're listening to this program right now, you've made it this far. You were real one. Shout out to you. Also, if you're there, I, I want pictures. I-, I want, I want to know what's happening. I need someone on sphere watch. If I don't have, I, I'm going to need to have somebody that listens to this program. You do it, you do it for just, for, for the fam. I need someone on Sphere Watch. I want a photo of the Sphere every day over the race weekend. Because if there's no NASCAR anywhere on that thing, I'm just going to blow their Twitter account up. I'm going gonna, gonna to blow it up. Because it would be unacceptable. Because you know good and damn well that motherfucker going to be lit up for that F1 race. You know it. So I'm just saying, NASCAR better get some love from that sphere because that is the most intimidating fucking structure on planet Earth. I genuinely believe it. I don't know if how many variations of things you've seen with it. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I feel like in person it would scare the shit out of me for the
1: first couple times that I saw it. But other than that, it's cool. It's I don't care what anyone says. You know, I I hate the future, but that's that's pretty good use of it
0: on yeah. that sphere. I think. So yeah should be exciting. Uh one last thing that I will say, one other bet that I'm kind of like tempted to take. Um uh, as a matchup. Uh, I'm kind of eyeing the Bowman over Ty Gibbs bet at -105 on DraftKings. Alex Bowman has not been that great this year by any means. And and I get it. But he does have Kind of a decent record at this track. I mean, he finished third here earlier in the year, um, you know, and you look back at uh, what, what was it? 2022. He finished first. He won this race uh, in March. Uh, he missed. Did he? Yeah, he, For I think he was out during the, the 2022 fall race. If I'm right. I yeah,
1: think- a concussion. It was after Texas. I think he missed the rest of the year, didn't
0: he? Yeah. So I missed a few. Yeah, he missed a few. That was after Texas. So he, there, there may be something. Maybe the minus 105 over the Ty Gibbs, because I definitely, that's just a complete looking at statistics play. But when you look at Ty Gibbs' record here, he finished, he started fourth. He, he'll probably qualify well. He finished twenty second in two thousand twenty three. Started nineteenth here in twenty twenty two. Finished twenty second. So, little uh, little he's food. hot right now though. It's a stay away for me. Well, he was hot on the road course for sure. And then, well, the week before, what did he do at Texas? Do do we know off the top of our head where he finished? Uh, I don't know what he
1: did at Texas. I think he, I think he crashed. Yeah, I think he was involved in Iraq, but he'd be hot on road courses. Well, he could have won Bristol. He was really, really good at Bristol. Kind of think about the... Yeah, but well, it is it is the intermediate package. But you're right, not the yeah, not the not the same track type. I think he was mid pack, mid pack at Kansas, maybe. But he's still even being mid pack, and uh, he's still I think overall has run better than Bowman recently. But I don't know. That's just to stay away from me. But if you like it, you fucking like it. Yeah, I don't have anything else.
0: I like that though. I like I like the fact we can agree to disagree uh, sometimes, and that's a that, that's how you make money in the long haul. You know, you just you listen you listen to what we got going on here. Make sure you check out the Discord too. It's free. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of bets thrown around in there. I- I'm just gonna be honest. Like you, you, you don't don't get too lost in the sauce. But uh, there's definitely. Plenty of ways to make some money on NASCAR race days. So come join the discord, join the discussion. It's fun. Let us know what you think about some of the stuff we've talked about tonight on Spotify. There's this new feature. Um, I really want to play around. I don't know if you've got to check it out or not, Dale, but there's this new feature on Spotify where people can kind of like drop requests or it's not really a review system, but it's more of like you can ask questions and things like that. I would love to start maybe reading some of those off. So if you're a Spotify listener, definitely check out that feature and give us five stars while you're there. And, um, and then of course, you know where to follow us at garage guy, chase at Dale Tanhart, at collectively at garage guys, racing and garage guys, FS. But uh, yeah, it's been a show. This has been good stuff. We dove into a ton and, uh, and we'll be back again over the weekend, uh, possibly discussing some of the odds after practice and qualifying. And we'll have some more stuff on Sunday as well. Uh, just everything and anything. Uh, NASCAR is the playoffs. It's going to be fun. and uh, And we'll have more throughout the week on social. But thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye.